0: host at see, I am a writer and an artist and a scholar on issues of female sexuality for my whole career, which basically started with my birth because I was born on the island of Lesbos. So being a born lesbian kind of like marked me with a sexual preference before I had one. Like before I had even like consciousness. I knew, you know, literally as soon as we left the island and I went to school for the first time, you know, at like five in uh, in Athens, Greece, that I could not, I could not say where I was from, that it was something like, you know, terrible and shameful and dark and evil and I would be like shunned and so I would have to make up an identity for myself that was like acceptable, right? So long before i knew what it meant or why it was like unspeakable i knew it was you know and that's and and that's to me like a, a symbol, a symbol a very basic sim- simple uh, example of, of the entire like shame blanket of silence and shame that has covered female sexuality you know uh, including the reproductive aspect of it, which is like what this species depends on, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> which is the greatest, like irony of all, <laughs> right? Um, it really is, though. Like, I've that yeah. How? Why? Yeah. So, um, my guest today, <laughs> April, April Davis, um, started as a doula and, and an assistant to a midwife and a photographer of, of, of birth giving. And and that's very unique for us. We haven't had that perspective before. But the reason that I love it um, is that I do think that that's at the at the very start, you know, at the foundation of what we've experienced for something like three to six thousand years as misogyny. (laughs) Yes, and and I do think it's woman's reproductive advantage, right? So um, I'm happy that you know to have you speak with us today you have a blog the vagina blog which is great that like you name it by its name yeah. <laughs> and you celebrate as well as kind of like research and answer all things related to women's vaginas and uteri um uh and urethras you know and, and the three kind of get mixed yeah. up all the time <laughs> mm-hmm. exactly yeah, I mean, they just think that I, whole area is called their vagina that, I'm like oh it's all right, right labia yeah Right. Right. It all gets, you know, into one, like, big category. It seems like one, people think there's, like, one hole. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so, I think that, you know, your, your work, uh, both in social media and in, on your website, and just, you know, answering people's questions and bringing people together is very important and needed. It's It's kind of like, shocking and disappointing that now in the 21st century right we still need to start from zero and and, and explain these very basic things you know so whereas like most people know a lot more about the brain than they used to or you know a lot more about many other aspects of life than we used to there is still you know the stigma and the mystery about women's sexual and reproductive functions Um, and and that and also the confusion between like sexuality and morality you know which i which i think is where this this um this silence you know this prejudice um begins you know Mm -hmm. uh we 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 kind of like self-edit ourselves Um, or self-censor a lot Mm -hmm. because of that uh, assumed, ingrained, inherited um, confusion between sexual functions and moral identity, right? Between sexuality and morality. So just by admitting that we are a person with a vagina that works, uh, we feel you know <laughs> yeah there's right? some sort of moral tie to that yeah. I, I
1: yeah. think that is this is probably the best way i've heard that explained because you're absolutely right that's that's the issue i think with you know especially here in the united states our roots are so uh you know christian and sure puritan
0: then. And we've
1: really intertwined morality with sexuality, and we need to start to pull some of these things apart and realize that they can work together and that they're not the one and the same.
0: Right, exactly, yeah. And especially when it comes to motherhood, um, mm-hmm. you know, which, again, I think that contributes to this extreme confusion, right? Because motherhood by itself is good, Right. So long as it doesn't get associated with sex at all whatsoever. As if it happens in any other way. <laughs> I mean, It's
1: not just so... And it makes me so sad. But once again, this this was orchestrated this way. They had to take sexuality out of childbirth for it to be socially acceptable for men to start to deliver babies. It makes me so angry because 100 years ago, why, why weren't more partners protecting the, their women? You know, because as women, we didn't have the rights that we needed to, to have a voice for ourselves. Why weren't the partners there protect us from this, you know, but they had to pull all sexuality out of birth because you can't have, that's inappropriate. If you have a male doctor attending a birth and there's any mention, because those noises that you make while you're in labor oh, yeah.
0: and it, it's your
1: vagina, that's where it's the baby climate. comes out,
0: <laughs> you know, like. It's so when sad to me that we When my water broke, I'm telling you, honestly, it was like a huge orgasm. It was the yeah. same physical sensation. Uh, you know, so like much my relief. body, right. The, mm-hmm. the nerves of the body experience it the same way. You know, my brain, like by the time it reached my brain, understood that this is something other, but the yes. sensation part was the same. Yeah. Yeah. the pleasure it's the same like you know chemical biochemical you know uh,
1: response. Oh yeah, so, yeah. I, I reached down and I reached up in and I put my hand on the top of my baby's head with my third with my third child and I, I pushed his head into my hands and same thing uh-huh. it was like it's a very orgasmic feeling even though yeah. it was also extremely painful. you know there's a lot yeah. of pain but it is but those things are all intertwined. It's the yeah. same equipment. That you're using for both and it, it frustrates me that we've just tried to sterilize birth we've tried to make agree medical event. So
0: much. yeah
1: yeah and we've pulled all the sexuality out of it it's it just breaks my heart
0: yeah. yeah yeah and we you know by i think that just you know by putting it in the hospital setting and you mm-hmm. know the clinical sterile environment yep. with like you know and then providing instant anesthesia so yep. neither the mother nor the baby experience what we're just talking about, right? Yeah. Um, we separate, basically, the mother from her body. We separate yeah. the mother from her womb and the product of her womb, you know? Yes. So I feel that our children are our natural wealth, mm-hmm. you know? And as women, we make them. Mm-hmm. We make them, you know? we yes. take nine a few months <laughs> where our body is not our own you know and we Any make a whole us? other
1: organ to support right. them like exactly. we make that yes
0: we make that the placenta the whole thing and you know in i think that like you know feminism has been amazing and we've, has served us so well in so many ways but it has being focused on getting us to become more and more like the man in a quest for equality. And I yeah. think that that has worked in some areas, but totally. not in others. Right. Yeah. So I feel that as much as it's great that we have fought for like equal pay, you know, yeah. the right to vote, the right to inherit, the right to own property, mm-hmm. <laughs> like really yeah. basic human rights. You know, the basic the human hands. rights. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, you know, I feel that pretending yeah. that pregnancy is something that, you know, you do on the side while you have your normal life and you, your career and your work, you know, is, is, is not a service to ourselves because it's actually, no. you know, it's huge labor and a huge contribution mm-hmm. Um you know I, I, I experienced it as not being in my body you know it was like mm-hmm. uh, during that time more and more I dedicated my body to this other cause you know it, mm-hmm. I wasn't me I was like the mothership I was the making the instrument right so I changed you know and we all do it in some way we change our ways uh, you yeah. know our diet you know we, we, our habits our sleeping patterns in service of this, you know, yes. labor. Um, so, you know, I, I, I think that the fact that not only we do it for free, mm-hmm. <laughs> that, really? that we don't get paid for it, um, but also that, you know, we, we kind of like are taken for granted, you know, mm-hmm. and maybe sometimes even disrespected, you know, like, oh, you know, she's with child, you know, like, ugh, you know, like you, I don't know, you're gaining weight where, you know, you're, you are mm-hmm. not, like, a, a sexy and hard. Oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> So It's so sad. We're validation. It's, it's, we're losing respect. Yeah. We're losing, like, a, whatever little power we have. It's, in, mm-hmm. it's, it's all crazy. It's insane. It's crazy. Know? We're perpetuating the species. Exactly. It's kind
1: of a big deal, you know? And it's, <laughs> I, I do. I think our attitudes, especially in the United States, once again, are so messed up. There's There isn't support. For mothers. There isn't paid maternity leave. There isn't any exactly. sort of respect for yes. for what's going on. And it is, it's very, very frustrating. And yeah, it drives me crazy. There's so much disconnect that we see happening. Like you were mentioning too. And it is hard. I think as soon as you start to mention this to uh women, fear sweeps in, right? Because they're like, well I can't I had to go have the baby in the hospital and I had to get the epidural or I had to get this because if I wouldn't have this and then this and it's like Sure, those are wonderful tools. However, they're just oftentimes they do they disconnect us from our body even more, and I think sometimes people need that bailout. I you know I've seen really really difficult long labors where it's like I get it, dude. Let's go let's go get an epidural, (laughs) (laughs) or like thank heavens for C sections when they're needed, right? Like what an incredible life saving tool that we have. The problem is we're seeing way too many C sections. And we're seeing way too many people so disconnected in childbirth from their kids because of things like epidural. I mean, it does, it numbs you out completely. And I think that there's a really healthy way where you can incorporate these tools and where you can incorporate what's going on and be so present in your body. I hate that it's become the norm though. That's the standard of care is to sterilize everything, separate everything, disconnect from everything. And because, I mean, it it is such an overwhelming experience. It is painful, it is a lot. But once you've been through it, I don't think anything in my life has empowered me like yeah. giving birth.
0: Yeah. Nothing,
1: nothing has done what that did for me. That changed me as a human and I would you never do. trade it. I would just never tell. trade it. Tell. I would never tell. trade going through that. And I'm so glad I had three, I had yeah. three kids. So I've had three chances to go through this life changing yeah. experience and you yeah. miss out on that. You miss yeah. out on that. Even though it's painful, you miss all the benefit, like some of that benefit, yeah. some of that, yeah. you know, when when you numb out from all of it and don't want to. And, and, I feel your like
0: child, that's the and your child does too, you know. I mean, we. to me, it makes a lot of sense that, you know, the natural way is for the child to participate, you know, to feel the need that there is no space, there is a way out. I'm yes. pushing my way out. I'm going somewhere. I don't know where. But there is a consciousness, if we believe that at that stage, you know, there is some sort of, you know, the brain is as formed as it is when the child is a newborn, then yeah. that consciousness becomes a rite of passage that's yeah. necessary to avoid the trauma. Otherwise, in yeah. one moment, the child is in, you know, the safety and the familiarity of the darkness and the sounds of, of, of you know, the, the placenta so we, still. Yeah. Yeah. And the the next minute, they're just like out under the extreme lights of a, you know, operation room, (laughs) handled by gloves, by like professionals. You know, Mm -hmm. it's just like, I can't even, I I don't know. You know, I, I feel that nowadays, especially since all midwives that I know of are connected to some, in some way or another, to some hospital. Um, mostly for liability reasons, you know, Yeah. Uh, so that if there is a need, they have somewhere to take the mother. You know, mm-hmm. I don't see why we would ever go to hospital, if women would agree to go to hospital, except for convenience, and usually it's the convenience of the doctors, you know. Mm-hmm. The doctors like the C-sections because they can plan their schedules and they can do it when they want. Uh, but, you know, I feel that the woman gets objectified in the process and Mm -hmm. robbed, you know, by the, of the experience. And I don't know, like, for, I mean, I can give a million reasons, you know, like if you believe in astrology, you know, like what's the Mm -hmm. point of talking about your your astrology, if you like make an appointment and then this human being does not have a time of birth or a day and time of birth or any, any of that truth because it's just Mm -hmm. made up by like you and your doctor, according to like your work schedule, I mean, yeah. it's just like it's to me, you know, it's a an obscene intervention into the natural process, and it's only in on behalf of the needs of the patriarchy, because yeah. it makes us all more like the male gender, and it it takes away from women our reproductive power, right? Yeah, which yeah. is our one the one advantage we have over you know the reproductive male gender so you know i mean i don't believe in gender like social gender but there is definitely a biological gender and you know in that in that you know within that definition um you know women have an extraordinary uh, wealth because Mm -hmm you know, we can create more human beings, those human beings make tribe, home, hearth, you know, like who we huddle together with, safety, uh, safety in numbers, you know. Mm -hmm. If we don't, let's if you take away like all the accoutrements of modern society, this family that, that we can create around us, you know, can support like the land, can participate in the homemaking, can grow things, right? Can work for the group. That's what we have. That's That's what we have. Yeah. Yeah. And being separated from that by all kinds of, like, social um, inventions, you know, like inheritance law or naming rights, you know, whose is this kid, whose last name, whose middle name, whose, you know, Mm -hmm. all all of those... um, Every step along the way, from the moment you, write, you sign that birth certificate, you know, you as a woman, if you're not conscious, can be separated from your child. Yeah. So from the birth, if you do it through, you know, the, this, the medical establishment to like signing away the name of your child, you know, who the child belongs to, and then continuing that way, you know, with like all the the law, the legal system, as it's set up, to yeah. kind of give away mothers' rights to like the product of her womb. Yeah. So it's it's interesting that once you uh, start thinking about what's happening, you know, in those nine months, uh, you know, and 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 try to reclaim your agency. Mm. As, as a mother and as a woman, you discover a lot of alternative options that are not like the norm. Yeah. And that's where like the whole moral naming, shaming thing comes in. Right. Yeah. So, you know, not fitting in takes courage.
1: Yeah, it like does. Saying the word
0: vagina in public takes courage. Yeah. Um, it's too bad, but like, unless you kind of think about it and, and make yourself conscious of what it all means and how it's set up um, and, and what it really means to you and what's your authentic truth, you mm-hmm. you can't move this forward, you know? And I feel that as women, at least for our daughters, we have to, you know, be more fearless. And, yes. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Push this conversation forward, yeah. and kind of spread this message. Yeah, no, one
1: hundred percent agree.
0: Yeah, so tell me, tell tell us a little about your journey of getting to the vagina blog. <laughs> so I, um, I've
1: always had a natural curiosity for all of this. Um, I love human anatomy, especially especially female human anatomy. It was just always so fascinating to me. And I did emergency medicine in college when I first got to school and I loved it. And that was my first introduction to childbirth. You know, I'd never really thought any of that through for myself or in general. And so I just, I fell in love with the idea of, of having kids and, you know, made decisions about how I was going to do it and stuff. And when I had my second baby, when I was pregnant with her, I became really, really, like I had a good experience with my first, but it just wasn't what I wanted it to be. I delivered in the hospital with a male doctor, had an epidural. And I mean, I only, I even even made it like, I had an epidural for like an hour, but it just wasn't, I just felt like I just kind of didn't quite get what, it just wasn't, that was the, the fulfillment, like wasn't what I wanted it to be. And it's funny because like, I think a lot of people assume when you start heading down different paths, it's cause you had a bad experience. I really didn't, but I still was like, this wasn't just, I don't know. I want to try again. And when I was pregnant with my second, I read every book I could get my hands on about birth. I was reading midwifery textbooks and other, like anything, anything and everything. I had this really incredible, item, midwife and it actually was even in the hospital with a midwife and it still was like such, so life changing and so empowering. And I was like, I think birth is where I belong. I think this is what I'm supposed to do. And so when my daughter was a year old, my second daughter, I started um, looking to, into becoming a doula and I got hired by a nurse midwife as her assistant doing home deliveries. And then she also had a birth center and I just, I loved it. I then took on my own clients, my, my own doula clients. I was doing a lot of work as a birth photographer and it was just really interesting to observe the difference between home births and hospital births with a doula and hospital births just there as a photographer. Um, when I was there as a doula, there was this like sense of, like there was this protection that I kind of was offering, uh, you know, they were explaining everything they were doing. They were asking questions. There was conversations and consent happening. And when I was there as a birth photographer, I was a fly on the wall just observing what was happening. And it was a very different scene than even when I was there as a doula. And and that that breaks you after a while. It gets really, really exhausting. Um, When I got pregnant with my third, I was like, okay, I'm retired. I'm tired, like it's been, you know, five years of being on call. So I had him and I was like, what do I even do with all this information? The nurse midwife I had been working for was also an NP at our Planned Parenthood. So I'd seen lots of gynecological care. I'd been studying my cycles and all the different alternative period products. And I mean, it's so funny to me now too. My my 19-year-old self stumbled into menstrual discs and like wanted to try those and started (laughs) using those like from 19. And so I just had all this information, you know, and I was like, what do I do with all this? Where do we even go with this? So vagina blog, here I am.
0: <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Tell us something about the menstrual discs while well, we're at it and the cups. Oh guys. I just and I And the free bleeding.
1: Which <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I, think, I cannot yeah. recommend alternative period products enough. Tampons are yeah. so bad for you. Pads are not. They're great. so toxic for us yes.
0: and for the environment both.
1: So yes, tampons are bad news all around for everybody. And it's hard because everyone's like, well, what if I do organic? Or Tampons are bad for you because of how they work. They yes. micro-tear yes. the inside of your vagina. Yes. It's just braiding down for infection other issues, cramping. I, I love, I get messages at least weekly of people saying, I don't have cramps anymore. I switched to period panties and I don't have cramps anymore. I switched to a disc. I don't have cramps anymore. How did that happen? Your tampons are ripping up your vagina. That's
0: why, Like, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. So like so recent, you know, it's like we have such a short memory, like literally until, I don't know, 30 years ago, no one was using them. And then they became the norm, you know, but for like thousands of years, women were like bleeding. And when they were bleeding, like they would put cloth, (laughs) you know, and connect it somehow, you know, like to their their underwear or their pants or somehow, you know, and take it off, wash it, put it back. And yeah, that's it you know they just kind of went along with it it, it wasn't such yeah. a, it didn't yeah. have to be like eliminated so that there is no society, yes you know? which
1: comes back to like what we were talking about earlier with living in this very masculine society of right. course it's like shove a, a cork in there and don't deal with it you know of course tampons became the norm we're trying to keep up keep up with the society that we're dealing with and that's right. the thing like we don't need to fit into that. And also, nerves.
0: you know, not just, I mean, it's the tampons, it's the new generation of birth control where yeah. most women don't have periods or they hardly bleed when it's supposed to be their cycle, when they're in, on birth control or IUD, both. Yep. Um, and then, you know, it's like, of course, all dating disorders, because we're supposed to somehow have. Like voluptuous, only breasts and buds, but like everything else, emaciated. Which yes. is, <laughs> it's like so mm-hmm. complicated to do that either yep. you go under the knife again in the in the operating room, um, or you starve yourself, which stops your period, and then you don't know what your cycle is and where you're at. And one way or another, we're constantly like fighting, our, mm-hmm. uh, you know, our nature, um, and what's the And also, you know, of course, like, you know, so many women like delay becoming mothers Mm -hmm. in order to have a career, you know, for so long. And then, you know, you get like 20, 30, 40 years, you know, whatever of of having menstrual experiences and not knowing why you're having them, (laughs) which is so you can have a baby.
1: I mean, that's what's crazy when they invented birth control, it was, you were supposed to take it for like maybe one or two years before you got married at 20 and then had 19 babies. Like it was not (laughs) ever meant to be something that you were on for 25 years. They never designed it to be that way. And they're now realizing that doing that is extremely harmful. You know, it's, it's very frustrating to me because when you are on any of the hormonal forms of birth control, that bleeding that you experience, that's not a period. You're not ovulating. That's how the birth control works. So it's suppressing ovulation. You're in menopause. And they didn't really think through, like, if we put a 13-year-old girl into menopause for 20 years, she might not be able to have kids when she decides to 20 years later. Like, it's very frustrating to me that that wasn't, like, there was no follow through. There was no thinking it through. And still now, if you have any sort of female problem, the first thing they do is, oh, let's not deal with that. Let's put you on birth control.
0: Yeah, that's still I know, a including problem. including acne. Yeah, you know. Oh, you, how many you young teenage women. Yeah, we'll just I put you on birth
1: control. Acne, yeah. birth, control. acne this birth control. birth
0: control. I know. I know. And. And I think that part of it is also that social devalue, devalidation, you know, of, for motherhood that we were talking about earlier, you know, which, um, once again, you know, if you can afford the surrogate, then you are willing to let go and have an invasive procedure in an operating room to have your eggs extracted and placed mm-hmm. into a person who's not you. Um, mm-hmm and and rob yourself of of the nine months of pregnancy which are so beneficial health wise yeah. for for diseases
1: to, oh, yeah. to avoid
0: diseases for immu- immunity reasons for the rest of your life um, yeah. and pay someone of the I, I i can't say this but you know of, of like of a of a, of a, of a disadvantage nature you know pay someone mm-hmm. who doesn't have Advantages, whether financial, educational, or social, at the same level that you do. Yeah. To, right? It, with the implication that that's a poor person's job. I know. It, it, it's just so self harming and self hating, you know, as a, for a woman, because it yeah. kind of goes against her whole womanly nature. Um, but what's and, sad is and, that
1: and, we're not realizing this until we're like people are not cluing into that until they are in their late 30s, until they're in their late right, 40s. No late. one's educating us. Yeah. No one's sitting our 22 so, year old selves down and going, hey, yeah. guess what? Birth control has long term health effects. So I know yes. your doctor, who you're supposed to trust, keeps telling you to just be a good girl and take the birth control. But the reality is it's not good for you. No one's sitting us down and telling us this at 18 and 20. And because of that, here we are, here we are. It's, and I feel it
0: because we're confused heart. Because we're confused about feminism and yes. liberalism. And I think yes. that's, you know, that's where we're all stuck. You know, yep. I mean, I'm a feminist, I'm a hundred percent, you know, yep. but, but I don't feel that that means that I have to like swallow the whole thing as if it's yep. dogma, you know, mm-hmm. any dogma has to be questioned take what works and you know reject what doesn't and for sure this kind of disrespect for motherhood doesn't work you know so that you can make a few more dollars and have mm-hmm. like a higher income like yeah. selling bullshit that doesn't yep. in any way profit society most of the time i mean very few of us actually like devote ourselves to careers that better the human race you know most mm-hmm. just better like somebody's pockets so you know to do that in exchange of kind of like going through the fullness of being a woman is Mm -hmm. to you know to me like a tragic exchange and it's not liberating it's not liberating
1: in our society though this is what's completely we're so consumerist we're so capitalist and we're missing out on the very very simple joys of being a human because we're consumed by all of that and it is devastating. And it's sad because like I said, no one's sitting us down at 18 and telling us any better. They're just not. And I mean, that's a lot of the reason that the vagina blog is so important to me is I want to make sure that people understand what they're doing to their body when they're taking hormonal birth control. With that being said though, I also will go fight to make sure that it's available. And that's feminism. Feminism is educating everyone and saying, Hey, this stuff's super bad for you. But you know what? If it's your best option, I'm also going to fight to make sure it's available to you because it is ridiculous that it wouldn't be. You
0: know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's part of, you know, to me, you know, we have, you know, pro-choice gives us the right to our body. So it's Mm -hmm. a necessary start. We have to have that as the legal precedent in order to begin to understand that this body and its functions and its products belong to us and not to our husband or to whoever else, you know. Um, And there is a telling moment of what happens when the child comes out of the body where the child belongs and is one Mm -hmm. with, right, for those nine months. And I think that's like where we need to work, (laughs) where we need to focus right now, you know, as women and kind of like claim that and access that. Um, and and recognize how much it benefits us, you know, like as a reproductive gender. It doesn't, um, it's not to, you know, to our advantage to wait like 30 years uh, and have a career um, so that we will get like the respect of our peers. And yeah. then once again, pay a male doctor to like mm-hmm. give us in vitro shots and, you know, spend so much money and, and get, you know, Hormones that are detrimental to our health and go through all, or, you know, all of that invasive um, effort to try to conceive late. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's only in exchange for social acceptance and respect, right? Which is the yep. same thing we were saying about lesbian or about the vagina or about the pussy or about the orgasm. It's like, like so shameful. So, yep. in order to be respected, we don't do want to be just moms. Mm-hmm. Like the people are going to think we don't have a brain, you know, and it's like, yeah, the brain is so much more valued than the body, than the vagina, than the, you know, the higher and the lower regions, right? Mm-hmm. The nether regions But like, why, why do we buy into this? Like we're, I don't know. We're agreeing, we're, consent, we're giving our consent mm-hmm. to agree that this makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> but this is a but system it, it comes back to
1: that works. And it does our society it's masculine. Our society is masculine uh-huh. and it values masculine traits and it values they place value on anything masculine. Being pregnant, not masculine, not valuable. You know, uh having kids, being a mother, not masculine, not valuable. It's very frustrating because I, I look at Europe, they value mothers. They have a better balance there you know, most of Western Europe does a much better job balancing the masculine and the feminine voices in their culture. They, they value women. They pay moms to stay at home in a lot of those countries because they've looked at the stats and they've seen kids that are raised by their parents typically tend to turn out better.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. And here, for sure. They're like, oh, you gonna taking, like- eternity,
1: but we're not going to pay you for it. And we need you back at work actually at four weeks postpartum. If you could. I watched moms go back to work at one week and two weeks postpartum. I, it devastated me. And I devastated still me. like the fact that that's a normal thing in our country and that we allow that to happen in the United States of America is so disgusting and speaks volumes about how much we care about women in this country.
0: I agree with you. Yes, yes, I agree, hundred percent. You know, and and I I don't care. Like I have not cared to me. It's so self evident.
1: It Mm -hmm. has been
0: so self evident. You know, Um, I made each one of these choices without even a second thought. You know, I gave up my career because I want. You know, I did because the alternative made no sense to me. So it wasn't even about what will people think or it, 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 it was just kind of like a biological compulsion, you know, the same way that mm-hmm. I had a biological need to be a mother. Mm-hmm. And and I gave birth in a cuisine, you know, in the rain <laughs> yes. uh, with a midwife. And that was, yes. the, you know, left with my kid four hours later and my dog yeah. and went back home with my placenta. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And then, and that was it, you know, and that day I got dressed and went to the health food store, buy like mm-hmm. stuff to, to drink and eat, you know, um, and I was also asked to, to do the C-section and I was like two weeks late and oh, you know, uh, mm-hmm. they, my obstetrician had me actually sign like a release form and send me an email, you know, yeah. threatening me like fear mongering. Yes. It was. To me, it wasn't even, it wasn't even an issue, you know, like a, if you allow yourself to listen to your instinct, yes. you know, to that kind of part of yourself, that's thats the mother, you know, yep. then it all will be clear, you know. Midwifery and was the same with teaches like, us to trust women. So much. Midwives yes. tell you to trust your body.
1: Yep. You would have known. I have known many, yep. many mothers who have gone, something's wrong. And headed into the doctor. I had a good friend who was planning out like a gorgeous home birth and was like, I quit. I can't tell you why, but for some reason I don't feel like I'm supposed to have a V back at home because she'd had a C section already. She's like, I think I'm supposed to do another C section. I don't, I don't know. She's like, I just feel like that's what I'm supposed to do. And she went through with it, and it ended up being this really beautiful and empowering experience because she was following
0: her, her, body, telling her, her,
1: her body, telling her her body. And that, that's what it's, so that's the thing. It's not that C-sections are bad or hospitals are bad or any of that. All of those things have their place. It's that we should be teaching women to trust themselves just like you yeah. did.
0: Yeah. I'm a little more radical than you, but yeah. I mean, I, I yeah, I think, yeah. Just don't go to the hospital if you can avoid <laughs> it. That's what, that's what I say. So yeah. I'm pretty clear. I don't, you know, it's the same way that, yeah, yeah, you know our we I breastfed for two years. Our breasts droop, and I mean, sure. Like in theory, in the world, I would love to get those silicone bags or what you know saline bags and, and make them look nicer. But in practice, I that I'm gonna <laughs> right. Eh, but yeah. in practice, so in in theory, because our mind, you know, is part of the social like system, mm-hmm. the social grind. Of course. But when you kind of ask your gut, you know your yes. soul, your yes,, some, you know, then I'm, and I'm thinking, with that old, practical way of thinking, I am going to pay someone to put me under and put mm-hmm. me at risk and, and give me scars, and I yep. will have to heal from, yep. the, from being cut up and put back together again, all of yep. that out of vanity. Yes. And, and I just cannot get you know I have like the same problem. I want the perfect rest. Progress. Yeah. Yes. But the whole yeah. rest of my body is like,
1: but if I had what? any autoimmunes pop up, I would immediately be like, oh, it's the boobs, it's the boobs. It's gotta be the boobs. I have the same thing where I'm like, I can't in good conscience, like my body is telling me, I'm sorry, buddy, like that's not
0: right. I feel yeah, exactly
1: the same way. I love the idea. I have friends that have them. Um, they're gorgeous. Plus, you know,
0: honestly, me too. I have them. They're gorgeous but honestly yeah. I'm also a little superstitious and maybe that's like mm-hmm. again like that but I'm thinking you know if like if I go and, and undergo all, all of that out of vanity maybe like God or spirit or whatever is going to say oh you want pain and suffering I'll give you some <laughs> I have the same superstition
1: yeah. I love that we're on the same page about boob implants this is really great but I see I, I have the exact same issues with a lot of it like And I do, I feel like it is of value to our creator that we cherish our bodies and that we respect our bodies and we respect the bodies that we're making. That's a very sacred responsibility that we've been given. Yes. And I hope that people
0: take it that seriously, you know, because I I try to, you know. And that's what we're talking about when we talk about body positivity, that we should be free. You yes. have different bodies of different yes. sizes and different mm-hmm. shapes right and we don't have to all be identical and homogenized yes. and the same mm-hmm. color and the same bone structure and the same book structure i mean mm-hmm. and 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 why why are we going along with this way of thinking that if you look fake you're wealthy and like yes. you are socially stronger like you're in a, in a better social place because you look like you've gone under and someone has given you like nordic alien uh, whatever they you know cheekbones and a it's boony weird. Chin. And yeah. why would we all want to look alike i don't know yeah i mean I know. it's weird totally different yeah you know, and 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 that it has gotten down to the vaginas, you know, better than me. I mean, I had one doctor who, uh, on the show, you know, who is a reconstruction surgery of the vulva. And, you know, of course, I was, like, horrified. <laughs> yeah. um, he didn't give me one good reason for, for like, his entire career. <laughs> yeah. Like... He would be like, you know, one labia is bigger than the other. I'm like, wait, yeah, that's like 99% of human women. <laughs> that's a normal thing. Yeah. So give me something yeah. that's not normal and then yeah. we can talk. <laughs> you know, usually like one eye is smaller than like we yes. are not We're not symmetrical creatures. Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, we're alive. Like when you look at nature, you look at flowers, you look at trees we don't expect them to be all exactly identical, Um, you know, and when we look at people as others, as others, we give them permission to be different. That's okay for them. Yes. Like we see that that makes sense, that that's fair and just, that they can be of any color or any height, you know, or any girth and we don't, Usually judge them you know those of us who are a little bit involved don't judge people but we judge ourselves we judge yep. ourselves right so it's like we can give others permission to be flawed, but we will not give it to ourselves yes. which is again like such self-hatred it's such self-disrespect it's like you know having that inner judge and inner critic you know but it's built in. In. it's built
1: into our society and it's built in. Once again, because we live in a masculine culture, of course we hate women. We were told to, they're not men. So it's, it's bred into us from a young age because our mothers didn't love themselves because they couldn't, because they weren't men. So they pass it on to us. We then judge each other, right? As women,
0: oh, so much.
1: <laughs> it's so sad. It's such a disservice to the, and I, I don't know. I remember having like a really, uh, a huge experience with this as like a young mother. And I just made a commitment. Like I'm done. I'm done with gossip. I'm done with not supporting each other. I'm done with judgment. Yes, yes. I'm done. I quit. I'm not doing it anymore. I'm showing up for the people in my life and the women in my life. I'm supporting them. I'm not judging them because I'm not them. I'm going to do what's the very best I think it is for my kids. And it's going to be completely different than what anybody else think is Thinks is the best for theirs. It is.
0: Amen. Amen. Right. Yes. Right. Yes. yes.
1: So yes. I, I'm done. I'm all about the sisterhood. We need it That's so great. badly. We already have so much yeah. on our plate We don't need to add to it by having this yeah. really deep misogyny that we're raised with. And it's just because we're
0: yeah. not men. We're never going to be everywhere. Like if you look to? at t- yeah, all the shows on TV. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Where are you? Oh, there you. Are. Uh, all the shows on TV. Um, you know, the women are all the ones that look alike and are like, you know, robot-like alike, uh, cosmetically done, redone to fit in and then filtered, you know. the, the, yes. the You know, the lens edits them even more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, we have all those like reality competitions, you know, who wins, you know. It's always like a pyramid and, the, and there's someone on top who is the winner and the rest of us are not, <laughs> you know, really? but that's how we are trained, you know, we're constantly like trained to judge from that point of view of like have and have not of, you know, inequality, um, you know, of like the, the, the ones who are at the top of the ladder mm-hmm. and then the ones who want to be there and what do okay. they have to do? So it's, you know, it's like a constant, uh, competition for something that's not really attainable
1: (laughs) and we waste
0: our life and you know life is short and and then you you know you you spend years like stuck in this narrow uh, ways of of thinking and defining because that that's the the only avenue we're given if we Mm -hmm. like stay with you know like mainstream media or mainstream education or mainstream work you know and i don't know why like Conversations like ours are not primetime TV. Yeah. But we're not. We are, you know, we're always like in the periphery. Yeah. <laughs> you know, trying to be heard. Um, and we're we gonna make it happen. We gotta just
1: keep doing this. <laughs> we gotta put it out into the world, and we just gotta keep making it happen. Because yeah. when we talk about yeah. this stuff, it gets other people talking about this stuff, and then that yeah. that grows. Yeah.
0: One more thing that I want you to talk about in this vein um, is sex. Yeah, is the we touched on it, but like the separation again, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. you know, between sex, which is conception, yeah. and and sexual pleasure, which is designed by nature. To mm-hmm. enhance the possibility of conception, right? So, the mm-hmm. only reason that sex feels as good as it does is because nature wants us to have it so we can to make, make more it. of us. Right. Yes. More of us. Right. So, it's so simple. Huh? <laughs> but, you know, the way that we separate it, so like motherhood and birth are an area where, you know, that is like supposed to be sex free, or the mm-hmm. alternative is like exist. Like, as mm-hmm. if, what? You know, like, mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't make but, any sense but it it, but it works like that in a crazy yeah. way and i remember my midwife you know when i was late giving birth you know she said well what you have to do is just have sex you know and that yep. gets the baby encourages the baby to come out oh yeah which is so because at
1: not pregnant you're like i'm gonna need you to come over and tell me how that works because it's not but that's, it's amazing. Semen has prostaglandins in it. Those prostaglandins help soften up your cervix. That cervix, that's, it ripens it up to get labor. Like it's almost as if it was divinely designed to all work this way. Nipple stimulation helps get labor contractions going. It also shrinks your uterus when you start breastfeeding after you have that baby and it protects you from bleeding to death. Like It's all supposed to work together this way. And we try to pull the sex out of it because, ooh, it's icky or morally wrong or whatever else we need to put on it. And it's so bad. Sex, birth, conception, it's all, and it's all in us. But of course we made it bad. It's once again associated with femininity. And it makes me sad because one of the examples that I use as I talk about the menstrual cycle is if you go outside in the middle of the day, And you look up at the sky there's a big round yellow ball rises in the east sets in the west exactly the same 24-hour cycle every day men complete their hormone cycles in 24 hours they're hormonally the same every single day same person they're the sun when you go out at night and you look up at the sky where is she what is she doing
0: is she full
1: is she crescent is she napping and not even there We complete our hormone cycle in that 28 to 32 days. We're the moon. Why are we being asked to be the sun? Why We get our periods at night. We get very sensual at night. Most females, that's when they see those those hormones kick in. That's when we become our sexual selves, right? It's no coincidence that all of these things happen in the night. We get creative at night. We get creative at night. It's mm, we so get rebellious
0: at night. <laughs> yes.
1: We get rebellious. We get wild. It is. I was just reading and it was so funny. My husband was noticing this because he's like, Boys at a sleepover play Nintendo until they can't see straight and then they go to sleep. Girls, they're breaking out the Ouija boards. They're doing prank calls. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But I was like, like Oh, yeah. Girls are dangerous at night. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> but that's Burn because that's our time.
1: That's our mom we're the moon and we're being asked all day long to be the sun and we are not the sun and I'm done playing the game I'm not the sun I'm the moon I'm gonna be the moon and I'm gonna be my best moon
0: yes 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 and also one more thing yeah postpartum sex and postpartum depression how about that how about that Like yeah. the culture is nonstop saying, oh, you know, yeah, we have to respect mothers who like hate their children and don't want to touch them and they get this depressed because that's so normal. But they never say, we have to respect mothers because like they're really aroused and horny and want to, they need sex, you know, because they're breastfeeding and they need to get laid and they they want to be feeling sexy again. No, that no one says that. You yeah. know, so in fact, what's happening is that the poor woman is confused because now, like, is she supposed to be acting like a dude again or, or immediately? Yeah. Or is yeah. she supposed to... Like, she doesn't know how to be a woman in an empowering way. And yep. that doesn't depression. have the support that's to help her, that's her either. That's depressing. Because, like, yes. you don't want to be a convalescent, invalid mm-hmm. with an un- unfamiliar body. And yep. especially if you're not breastfeeding, right? Oh, yeah. Or, or yeah. just pumping and passing the milk along in the you bo- know bottle and going back to work and yeah it, it can be so alienating and confusing that it, it presents as depression. But, we don't but have I feel it's because of that distance. Yes, The distance from the natural way mm-hmm. of things, you know. And so postpartum sex uh, is it, a is a topic that no one talks about. Yep. And I think you do, right?
1: Yeah. Yes. And we need two more, but that, that's the thing. We don't have our village. We don't have our moms and our sisters and our aunts and our grandma showing up at our house and cooking meals and taking care of us so that we're feeling like we can actually have the opportunity to heal. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so we don't, we miss this village. So then we don't get the healing yeah. done very well. We're back up yeah. on our feet. Well, that causes you to bleed longer. Nothing is sexy about bleeding longer than you need to. Right. So when like get the prolapse. Then, yeah, you end up with prolapse, you end up with all these other pelvic issues because you're up taking care of everything and you really should be down. American women do not like to lay down and stay down. We are incapable of it because we have been told, once again, go, 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 masculine, masculine society, you know, and so we don't rest. We can't rest anyway because we don't have work off to do so. Um, and we don't have the, the support of our village next to us. And so when you take all those things away, of course we invented postpartum depression. They didn't used to have this as an issue because everyone was there to help take care of you. Of course we're seeing that so huge in our country. Of course people are depressed. They're not sleeping. Yeah. No one is helping. They're cooking, they're cleaning, they're working. It's so much.
0: It is it's so such much a heavy for weight. the modern woman. And So much know, for the mother yeah and she knows we know you know that that this is our freedom so like we don't want to give that up you know we don't want to go back you know some women uh let's say marry well as they used to say in the old world (laughs) yeah and they and they feel empowered by that you know and and they're like cool you know like i can get i get to be educated and interesting and well read and do like my art on the side and get supported you know a they are the extreme minority and yep. you know b they are actually missing out on the experience of not being dependent yeah Just not being dependent at all yeah. um which is a wonderful amazing lesson for a woman you know yeah. so it's so if if uh, you know if we want to kind of like be feminists um and and sacrifice so much to be able to have a career and you know a a personal life and a love life and a partner and a child and then we should also consider the value of like experiencing that as an independent whole human (laughs) Um, and that's where intergenerational families come in you know multi-generational You know, gatherings allow that, that experience. We are relationship creatures, you know, women even more than men, you know, we don't want to be like all alone. So if you don't have, if your mother is supporting her husband and your aunt is supporting her husband or, you know, and everybody's like in their nuclear family bubbles. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then you're, depending on your girlfriends which is great but you know they have their children and they have their husbands and they have their you know work and they can't like move in <laughs> they can't move in so yeah. they, they, you know the co-living arrangement I, I i agree with you you know was like so empowering and having been being separated from our support systems this way um in the name of some you know kind of like masculine identifying you know freedom is, mm-hmm. has not served us very well so again it's great to like keep what has worked hold yes. on to that the rights yes. that we've earned you know and the rights that other you know smaller minorities have earned for us you know like yes. gay people trans people have expanded the meanings of marriage you know divorce uh, health rights you know um discrimination yeah. for us women as well so oh, yeah. so all that's wonderful so keep the good but in the process like not try to become like what we're not you know and, yeah. and 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 yeah squeeze ourselves into these little 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 tiny like you know categories
1: that yeah. forms. we need to start supporting each other we need to embrace our femininity and make peace. Like we need to get to know our bodies, our own anatomies. We need to get to know ourselves. We need to feel empowered and confident in who we are. We have got to break that cycle of of this misogyny that we have so deep rooted in our society and stop hating women. We have to, it is time to love and support each other. And that starts with loving and supporting yourself.
0: Okay, that's beautiful. That's a beautiful closure. Thank you so much. Everybody, the vagi- vaginablog.com. Mm-hmm. Everything we haven't discussed, but you have questions about, she's probably yeah. answering on the web. Yes, thank you, Abel. Thank yes. you so
1: much for Love having you. me. Love, you. Love, you. Love your work,
0: and thank I hope you. we speak again. And thank everybody you. out there, always speak sex. And visit oldplayground.net. Our lifestyle centric, ethical monogamy, one stop shop website for all your questions, resources, and new desires. So make that site be your facilitator, your strategist, um, your learning companion on your pleasure journey, on your uh, personal awakening. Uh, Because remember, your pleasure is one of your measures of your freedom. If I could make love incessantly, I would be God.